Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful week of the encounter. We're really glad you could join us. Before we get going, remember to like and subscribe, hit those buttons down below. We would love to engage with you in some meaningful conversation. I am one of your lovely co-hosts. I am Becky Zardi. I am the Director of Ministry with Women for the Ministry Council for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and I am joined Bam. by... Bam. Bam. Uh, my name is Chris Fleming. I am the <laughs> yes. Coordinator of Adult coordinator. Ministry for the Ministry Council of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And, uh, you know, it seems easy, but it's hard when you got to keep repeating it. Welcome. It really is. <laughs> Glad you're here. Oh, um, by way of some news, I would like to say here in a couple of weeks, we will have a new option. I think in a couple of weeks, um, we'll have a we'll have an app uh, that you'll be able to download on your Roku or your Fire TV or your Apple TV uh, for our um, our multimedia uh, stuff for for the Ministry Council, and so I'm looking forward to that. Once I once I'm assured that that's totally in the works, uh, we'll let you know more about it. But you'll be able to access this through through whatever means that you can, and plus additional media that we've been working on or that we have. And so we're really looking forward to that, trying to become a little bit um, better on our ease of use for our congregation. So looking forward to it. Awesome news. And when this video comes out, um, Chris and I will both be at General Assembly and Convention being held this year in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I would just covet your prayers as we have people coming from all over the globe to join us this week. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people on the road flying, traveling away. So please pray for safe travels for everybody that's coming in. And also please, please pray that um, God's will be done in all the decisions that are made um, as we, as we vote on things for the church as a whole. Yeah. It's an exciting and busy time. Yes. Very exciting and very busy. So we would definitely appreciate your prayers for that. All right. This week we are in Job chapter 28 verses 20 through 28. And let's start with our prayer for illumination. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Love me, the Book of Common Prayer. I do too. They've got some really good stuff on that. And our memory verse this week is Job 28, verse 28. And it says, and he said to humankind, truly, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. All right. So Dr. Estes starts us this week. This, this is all about wisdom. Um, I'm really excited about this this discussion today. So let's start with his discussion question. How would you define wisdom, Chris? Yeah, I, I love, I love this lesson. Um, I love the title of it an interlude of wisdom. I love where it um, sits in the book of Job. Uh, we, he talks about this in the introduction a little bit about how it's kind yeah. of a, but anyway, before we get to that, how do I define wisdom? I, I mean, I, I think if I were pressed on it, I would say fearing the Lord and departing from evil. <laughs> like, right. I think that memory verse might be the, the closest there thing to go. it. Um, I think that's a, 
I hate this because everything in our culture is subjective, but depends on who you ask what wisdom is. Like when Paul says, you know, the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing too, right? So um, I think the answer to that would differ depending on your starting point. So. That's true. Okay, that's a really good point. Now Now that you say that, because I think maybe if I look back on my own life, when I was probably high school, early college, I would think wisdom would just be like, you're really smart. Maybe it's the knowledge base where now, now in my life, I understand that wisdom is this beautiful gift given to me from God um, to, to know better (laughs) in certain situations, right. To just to, just to know better. That's not what we do. Yeah. So Dr. Estes really gets into our introduction. I I love that he points out that there's some debates about where this, where this chapter lies. Yeah. um, And, and I guess that's a good debate Uh, and for people to have it, to edify themselves. I've just always been on the side of whatever I have in front of me, God is providential. So it's where it's supposed to be. Right. There you go. And that's not just like a, I've gotten to that point. Like I know the arguments for different transmissions of scripture and like interpretations and how people have, you know, formed and shaped the Bible over the years. But I just believe in a God that can raise Christ and people from the dead can probably edit his book (laughs) the way he likes. Yes. That's where I've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I just like it because the book of Job is hard. Yeah, sure. And I remember when I was a kid and in college, we had to study Shakespeare stuff or tragedies or plays. And there's always within a play that you have the gesture or, you know, you have the, in any good book that's real serious, you have that wild out of control character or scene that just Mm -hmm. it's like a release valve for just a minute or two Mm -hmm. for you to collect yourself so that you can go on then right so that's the way i kind of like you know that's that's a good point because it is it's such a it's such a tense back and forth between job and his friends this back and forth of the friends accusing him of things and him trying to defend himself, but being angry with God all at the same time. And just this constant, constant. And then you have this moment of just, but, you know, that, I mean, that's really good. It's a really good way to put it. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's pretty much what uh, Dr. Estes got to that last paragraph, I guess, last sentence. Most scholars believed is from the original author of Job, and that the poem is well crafted, it is a well crafted interlude, offering a break from the intensity of the arguments that have gone before and those that will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says it seems a bit out of place because the topic deals specifically with the issue of wisdom, but I don't think so. I mean, it's not out of place. The whole book's about wisdom. Yeah. And, you know, and like, you know, it's this search for why. And if you can, um, I, I, anytime I get a chance, Compare the book of Job to something like uh, for those people who are learned in secular studies, there's a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
Mm. And it's almost the Adams. Yes, it's almost the opposite of the book of Job. I mean, it, it makes a farce out of the reasons for life or the whys of life. Like um, in that book, they come to find out that the answer to the universe, life, and everything is 42. 42. <laughs> but then they don't really know what the question is either. And yeah. so when you, you know, when you think about it from that perspective, um, at least in the context of the book of Job, wisdom is knowing who we are, what the world's about and the creator. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's important. And so, Mm -hmm. and it's the struggle of trying to understand what that, what that means. You know, I mean, same that we struggle today, you know, I, I can remember back in my, in my late teens, early twenties, sitting at the coffee shop with my friends at 12 o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, whatever, drinking coffee. And we're all having this deep philosophical conversations of the inner workings of the universe and why, I'm why sure that is was it, the coffee speaking? That was the coffee speaking, <laughs> uh, why, why it was happening and why were we here and what was our purpose and what was the plan and just trying to understand this. And this is really, this is what Job really deals with. You know, he's, he's, a blessed person who has everything taken from him, including his health. And then his friends come along and say, well, obviously you've been a terrible man (laughs) at some point, you've got some hidden stuff going on that nobody else knew about. And, but it's this struggle of why do these things happen to people? Why do we have to walk through this? And this is what this book is about. And it's so applicable to us today because there's so many of us that struggle with the, with the same questions all the time of why, why, why do these things happen to us? Yes. Okay. So wisdom, that's what we're talking about this week is wisdom. Is there anything else in the introduction that you really wanted to hit before we move on to exploring the scripture? No, let's do some exploring because that's what we're doing. Explore. So in the exploring the scripture, Dr. Estes talks about that just reading through, you might be a little bit confused, um, but we just kind of talked about how it is possible that this is, this is this moment of trying to understand godly wisdom and what exactly this means. Um, What did, what did you get out of this section? Yeah. So like wisdom doesn't come easy, first of all. No. So I think. Not at all. Job 28 uses an imagery of okay so silver gold right these are things that are valuable but they don't come tangible yeah but i mean they wouldn't be valuable if anybody could just pick it up and be like oh silver i've got it but it takes some effort to get to right it takes some effort to refine to make it really valuable Mm -hmm. and so these 28 chapters that have preceded is almost in in a sense Job and his friends. I don't know if y'all heard that, but my dog got something caught up in his throat. Um, Job and his friends have been mining for like the why and what's yeah. going on and all that good stuff. And so it takes effort to get to gold. It takes effort then, in some sense, to get to wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that first, you know, six chapters or six verses of 28 is just a, it's saying, here's, here's gold, you know, you have to do these certain things to get it. And so I think that's a good way to set up like a, or to have an interlude in this book. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I got right there. I can keep talking, okay. but I might give my- No, because I think Dr. Estes really explains it quite well. And then at the end of exploring the scripture, if you read along with me, it says, yet the deepest mysteries of life remain hidden, just kind of like the jewels and the gold and the silver. It's hidden down in the earth and you have to unearth it. He says, except as we come to terms with them through faith. The faith demonstrated by Job and his friends did not have the advantage of the gospel of Christ to aid their understanding, which I also think is really important for us to remember that they did not have the complete understanding because they didn't know the next section of the story. Just like we don't know that we know that Christ is coming back, but we don't always understand why things happen in our day-to-day lives because we don't have the full understanding of the story either, just like they didn't. We do not. And so then, like, I think our passage picks up there. Uh, well, it doesn't pick up there. Oh, yeah, it does. Where then does wisdom come from? In verse mm-hmm. 12 of Job 28, you have, but where shall wisdom be found? Right? Like mm-hmm. this is, and in the, in the story or in the verses, it's like, you know, humans can't of themselves get it. So it has right. to come from somewhere. For us Christians, we should automatically think of uh, what James five is that what it is? If any of you lacks wisdom, ask, ask God. Yep, ask uh, God because wisdom comes from above. Yes. Uh, in Proverbs chapter eight, um, I got that pulled up, but eight twenty two, the Lord created me at the beginning of His work, the first act, the first of His acts long ago, and so in some sense, even in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is something that's from above. It wasn't part of, of humans. I don't know where this goes, yeah. but it's kind of funny and not funny, intriguing to me. What's the role of wisdom in the Garden of Eden to where like the, you know, our first humans were barred from eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Like, right? Right. Like, where does that play in it? What? I, I don't know. I, I just know that wisdom is lacking it's hard to get to, but it is offered in Christ. Yes. Um, if we ask for it. Yeah. Um, he, he jumps into a really interesting reflection and discussion question that yeah. I had to kind of think about for a second, but I really, I'm not going to hit the reflection question as much as I'm going to hit the discussion question. Oh, hit he the says, reflection question. Okay, you want to do reflection? Let's okay. do that. So I've thought about that. Modern technologies have made our lives much easier in many ways. What are some of the technologies that have made your life better and easier? How has modern technology created problems in our world? Hmm. And it, well, you know what? A let's lot. Get, yeah, Can I was we about, just let's get the discussion question too. Because I yeah. think they go together. So go ahead and read that. Okay. One too. Okay. So the discussion question is what is the difference between technological advancement and wisdom? Take those both together. Okay. Yeah. You go because, first. Okay. So technology, technology, I think is a gift. It is, it is that wisdom given by God to understand how to use what we have. Again, being good stewards of what we have and being the creative creatures that we were made to be of putting things together to help humanity. So what's the difference between a technological advancement and wisdom is understanding how to use that technological advancement for the betterment of humanity, for the betterment of people. Unfortunately, (laughs) 
what happens is people are still people and we still do stupid stuff like we did all the way back in the garden. And we don't use the wisdom that we've been given. And then we use it for things that end up harming us instead of helping us. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah. Passively and actively. Yes. So I've thought of it. So like uh, Germany, 1930s, 1940s. Germany had had been pretty much, I mean, like the most advanced society in science and theology and industry and all this good stuff. And of course, there was some social things, obviously, World War One that, you know, that the the culture kind of turned into a, uh, you know, there was a lot of poverty going on after World War One. And so and so then they, you know, started to look for reasons to make themselves comfortable. But And almost every Germany was the leader in, like I said, I know theology, you know, outside of the Catholic church. I was, it was certainly the the big play. It was in the universities. Like a lot of knowledge came out. It was an advanced society in almost every way. Yeah. It was, it was the place to be. Yeah. Yeah. They, their culture, obviously not everybody in the culture don't want to say that, but created technologies for the purpose of domination and death like right and so i like the way you said that like there's no reason as to why somebody should say a technology is used to help anybody you just hope that that somebody wants to do that right Um, i can think of you know the united states with nuclear weapons um yes we're going to new mexico Right. And they have yeah. like the uh, National Museum for Atomic, I think Atomic Energy or something like that. But think of mm-hmm. the ways you can use nuclear energy that's beneficial, good for the environment, or, or you could drop a bomb and kill a bunch of people. Right. And wreak havoc and devastation. I, I think a great um, example of that, if, and I'm sure several of our people have seen this, there's a documentary out there called The Social Dilemma. Yeah. And one of the things that they talk about in the social dilemma was the um, one of the co-creators of the Facebook like button. Yeah, it was it was meant to be something. This is the passive. The active is yeah. hurting people. Now it, the passive it, passive part of it is it was meant to be something fun. It was meant to be something exciting that if you post a picture on Facebook, people can click the little like button and it makes you happy. But unfortunately, the flip side of that has been higher rates of depression and suicide, especially among young girls, middle school, high school, because they feel like a social outcast and, and people, because they don't get the likes on their Instagram or Facebook page or pictures, whatever that they're posting. And it has caused again, passively, um, it has caused great harm to the psyche of our young people wasn't intended but you know just that's that's part of the wisdom that i think that we don't understand is we cannot as a human being i cannot reason out and see all the consequences of every action that i take for the next 100 years right that's just not possible um and unfortunately i think that's what happens a lot of times in our technological advancements as we we look at it as something good, but then don't understand all the consequences that happen in the future. Yeah. And it's not just middle school girls. So think about what that mm-hmm. has done for um, 
our social dilemma. Like we yeah. surround ourselves in an echo chamber. We like what we like and we can dislike what other people dislike. And if we dislike them, we can unfriend them. That's right. Or block and block them and just, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a detriment to our society as well. I would say so. When you only hear the same thing repeated back and forth and never differing viewpoints, um, that's pretty sad. Um, okay. Yeah. So technological advancements and wisdom there's the differences. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper here comparing to scripture to scripture. So he does a really good job about, about talking about wisdom, he says, which is the meaning of life itself cannot be attained by human effort, neither by purchase nor through the study of animals and not even in philosophical reflection on death. Then the third part of the poem declares that God alone understands the way to it and he knows its place. The wisdom of which the poem speaks is the province of the almighty only. And there's some great examples of wisdom in here. One of them that I think Chris and I would love to hit on is in Proverbs. It's in Proverbs. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, Proverbs, of course, Proverbs is filled with it. Proverbs yeah. is a more easily accessible um, book than Job. Yeah. Uh, and in Proverbs, you're encouraged. So in this book of Job, it sounds more depressing. Like you'll never get wisdom. You can't find it. You can't study the, you can't study creation and find it. You can't um, mm -hmm. mine it. You can't, you know, but like in Proverbs chapter eight, um, as I've already referenced, wisdom is something that God created. And through wisdom, God created a perfect world, perfect humanity. And the, like, um, uh, in 8, verse 17, wisdom says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me, right? And so, like, um, it's, it's not that they're disagreeing. It's just, actually, it's not easy to search for wisdom, because it also ends with a submission of saying that I can't gain it of my own. It has to come from God. And so, that prevents that hurts. That hurts. people. Um, attaining wisdom. Um, I'll get on because my soapbox. really, let, let, who wants to submit? Yeah. Let's just be honest. Be honest. Who really wants to submit? I think about, this is a good way of thinking. I don't know. Like I said, everything that I do comes back to my family. I'm, I've become one of those preachers that like can use their kids as a sermon illustration at any time. <laughs> But if you have children or if you've mentored a young person at all in your life, you've probably remembered a conversation when their head was like a brick wall and you know you were right at this. And they just like, you don't understand life, blah, 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 blah. And then like 10 years later, you're having lunch or dinner or something. And they're like, man, I was so stupid. I should have listened to you when you said this. Yeah. Yeah, you should have. Right. But when you're a teenager or when you're younger, the last thing you want to do is submit to the advice of your parents. There's a rebellion in you. And we think about, I do, I joke about the stupidness of children all the time. Can you imagine what God says about us if he were that type of person? Because we do it our entire lives. It's <laughs> I just terrible. have this great image because I, I can't tell you how many times 
my children have done something. And as soon as I get done lecturing them about whatever or helping them get through whatever, I call my mother and apologize. (laughs) I'm like, I am so sorry. (laughs) And if your mom was honest, she probably got off the phone and prayed, Lord, forgive me for my stupidity. Right. Because that's what right. we do. Yeah. Um, the other thing about wisdom. So in Proverbs chapter eight, but if you turn over to Proverbs chapter nine, I, I, I found this while I was studying for a sermon um, years ago. And I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. The other thing that humans do, again, it takes effort. So like in uh, Proverbs chapter nine, the first six verses, it talks about wisdom building her house. Uh, she prepares a table. She goes out to the gates and she calls her servants from the highest place in town. And she says, you who are simple, turn in here to those without sense. She says, come and eat my bread, drink of my wine. Right now, if you go down to verse 13, 913, you have the woman folly or the foolish woman, depending on what verse, version you're using. She's loud. She's ignorant and knows nothing, but she sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest place of town. And she calls out to those who are passing by you who are simple, turn in here. And those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet bread eaten in secret in secret is pleasant, but they do not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. And so the other thing that happens is especially we human beings, we at the very beginning sometimes can't tell the difference between a wise act and a foolish act. And so we go down a road and then we have to make this choice like, oh, maybe I'm on the wrong path, but stolen water is sweet, right? Stolen bread is very, very good. You don't have to work so hard for it. And so before you know it, you're in the clutches of folly Mm -hmm. and wisdom's harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's tough. That, That is tough because it's, Again, it goes back to the submission to God, because if you truly, if you truly submit to God, fearing the Lord and asking for wisdom, he's going to show you the right path, but that doesn't mean it's the easy path. And I think that's something that we as humans, we always look for the easiest, easiest path possible. You know, we're, we're looking for the quickest way you yeah. know, I mean, how many get rich quick schemes have you heard of over your lifetime or how many I've heard of a bunch of uh, them? I haven't been successful oh at any of them since I'm <laughs> no. here, you know, or those um, multi-level marketing schemes, whatever, you know, if you just do this and then you get 10 of your friends to join and then all, you know, you're going to be cryptocurrency at this time, for instance. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You know, we, as a human, we just want the easiest path possible and wisdom requires that submission and understanding and and we do we i think we get caught up in things that look act and smell like the right thing but then are completely the opposite of what we should have been doing yeah Hmm. the other thing that i wrote in here too at some point wisdom is i've got submission but it's also just obedience yeah like, right, like it has nothing necessarily to do with our, the amount of information in our head, but it's simply fearing the Lord, doing his commandments. Yeah. So part of wisdom is just simple obedience. It would be like that in the Garden of Eden. It would just be 
Now, I don't know how that necessarily plays out here in the book of Job. Probably the fear of the Lord is more important in this context because they're trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. Uh, and Job pretty much obeyed the Lord and he was still having trouble. But at least in the general sense, you don't, the wise thing is just to do what has been revealed in scripture. Yes. And yeah. so I guess that's a fake it till you make it. But I bet if you lived a life <laughs> of constant obedience to what you find in scripture, in time, you will be wise. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Hmm. Dr. Estes says in here, he says, knowledge is the accumulation and effective use of information. Wisdom is the capacity to make sense of the paradoxical chaos and order hmm. of the world. I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. And I know yeah. what he's going for, but I don't know if we'll ever make sense of it. But I think it's the acceptance well, of, of God, like the acceptance yes. of the mystery of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And understanding that, yeah, because, okay, and this is going to kind of pull into the discussion question. His discussion question says, describe a time when you felt the fear of the Lord. When was the time that you had to pray for wisdom? And I think of those moments when I felt the fear of the Lord and I knew what I was supposed to do, but I didn't want to because <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do. You know, in, in my flesh, it's, it's not the direction that I wanted to go. And so through that, I had to pray for wisdom. And even though I kept getting that nudge and kept getting that nudge and kept, it took me a little bit of time to submit to, okay, even if this isn't what I want to do, even if this is not the direction that I think I want to go in, because you are being so very stern about this is the path that I'm supposed to take, whether or not I want to take it. My wisdom that I have learned over the years and walking with God tells me just, just go that path because it's going to be, it's going to be better for everybody in the long run. If you go that path, instead of trying to do things on your own and make it however you think it should look like, cause it's not going to look that way anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, I think that's not. it. It comes down to doing, doing the will of God is wisdom. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had a time like that where you had to pray for your wisdom because of the fear of the Lord? Um, I don't know if I'd put it exactly like that. When I have to pray for wisdom is when like, as introverted as I am, and as much as it's hard for me to meet and greet people and all that jazz, the relationships that I do have are very important to me, children, friends, family. If I've done mm -hmm. something, I think that has impinged on a relationship or I've offended someone or, or whatnot, everything in my being wants to be a fix it person. Um, and it would even go so far as, you know, I'm a fairly intelligent person. So manipulation ain't out of the, it's not out of the realm of tools to use if I really wanted to. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Confession's good for the soul, Chris. Well, I mean, you know, people operate in different ways. And so I've really had to pray sometimes for the wisdom to shut up or the wisdom to uh, let God be God and, um, and me not, you know, manipulate things. Sure. Because it, I mean, that's, that's my nature. Right. Terrible that it is. Hmm. So that my well, wisdom is always 
in that context. That's also where I fear not only the Lord, but I just fear, I fear losing people. Um, and I don't like it. So sure. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's jump into learning from the scripture, the witness of the church. Dr. Estes starts us off with, in this 28th chapter of the book, we see that only when all human efforts have failed are people most apt to come to themselves, as did the prodigal son in Luke 15. They must acknowledge that God alone is their hope, that it is in proper relationship with the creator that one finds true meaning. Yeah. I love that. And that second paragraph down is just that really, to me, is just... I love that whole paragraph because there are so many intricacies woven into the theme of this book where we, we look at, we look at Job and, and I think that's changed. I think we talked about this maybe last week where the view of the book has changed over time from my age, where at one moment, you know, when I was younger, I thought I felt sorry for Job and I thought his wife was terrible and his friends were terrible and God was just being mean and I didn't understand it. Of course, you don't understand the heavenly um, counsel that they're having and all that sort of stuff. But then as I've gotten older, I recognize the things that Job has gone through and that the counsel of the friends maybe isn't isn't as bad as I thought it was, you know, that that would probably, if I was sitting in that situation, I'd probably offer some of the same counsel, trying to reason myself through the things that are happening to Job and why that they're happening. So there's all these different amazing themes um, that are, are woven through, but yet it's just, it's, again, it goes back to submitting to, to God, whatever that looks like. How do you submit yourself to God yeah. knowing that, yeah. you know, in, in Job's case, knowing that he was suffering and he never, again, we talked about in the last two lessons, he never blamed Satan for it. No. He always understood that it was at the hand of God, that this was happening to him, that God had allowed this to happen. And yet why, you know? Yeah. There's a tenacity about Job. And I think like mm -hmm. we said, I, we don't need to belabor the point. And I've, I kind of look forward to the discussion question. You know, wisdom is not gained through textbooks or technological advancement. How do you gain wisdom? And I think it's submission and obedience. So yeah. maybe I jumped the gun on that a little bit, but Dr. Estes brings up, you know, the example of Jesus in the garden. Yeah. And I think that that might be the only way we gain wisdom, wisdom and experience or experience is the greatest teacher. You've heard that before. And I think maybe that's true. Uh, if you, if you continually put yourself in bad experiences, it'll teach you something. It, will. it might not be what you want. <laughs> but if you put yourself through the experience, even if it's like Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane or Job in the suffering mm -hmm. that says, I'll still trust Christ, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Mm -hmm. Again, over time, you'll have a perspective that not many people have because mm -hmm. not many people obey and submit. Right. So. Right. And I bet your life would be easier. Like if we obeyed and submitted, we'd be, we'd be healthier. We'd be less stressed. Sure. Wouldn't have so not much to say that running but, around. Right. But maybe not to say that things wouldn't be hard. I mean, oh, I yeah. think there, you're going to have those hard moments. You know, Jesus had Gethsemane The Job had his problems that he went through losing everything, you know, 
not to say that fearing the Lord and, and obeying his commandments is ever going to make your life perfect. No. Because that's not going to happen. No, but there'll be a resiliency that would like. Yes. And I, I don't know. I'm rambling today, but like, so I've worked with a lot of people, especially in, you know, poverty, you know, stricken mm-hmm. people and their life is defined by their poverty. Right what they can't do, what they can't have or whatnot. And there's been millions of people in church history that have taken vows of poverty and they have never struggled. And so I think some of it is, it's not the situation, but it's, it's the submission. Because like a, somebody who takes a vow of poverty, they didn't get to that point. Just one day wake up and be like, Hey, I want to, or maybe they did, but but they have an inner call and they have the Holy spirit working within them and forming in them and shaping them. And the poverty is a tool by which they come closer to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, so that's when I say when, when hard things happen, maybe, but you've got wisdom and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect you like it would if you weren't in submission, like I said, you lose, yes. you get in a car wreck and you lose all your money. Yes. Right? Cause that, I, I think you learn over time the things that you've gone through again in obedience and submission to God. Like I can think of situations that happened to me 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And I was, I was probably asking a lot of why questions like, why me, you know, why, why is this happening to me? And now when I walk through things, because I've learned, because I've submitted now, when something bad happens, I go, okay, this really sucks. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not really enjoying this, but what is it that I'm supposed to learn about this situation? What is it that I'm supposed to change about how I react or how I see the world around me so that I don't end up in this again, or I don't have to walk through this again. Yeah. It's about the, it's about understanding, you know, and maybe that's Dr. Estes points at a good question at the end of learning from the scripture. He said, could it be that it is Job's persistent trust that prompts the Lord's vindication of him in chapter 42 in distinction from his friends. Could be. I mean, that's what we're saying. Great question. I mean, we're saying that if we submit and trust, then Mm -hmm. in the end, things are going to work out. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I did want to highlight, I think Dr. Gustus brings this up too. This interlude on wisdom also sets up what's coming when God's like, okay, big boy, gird yourself because you've you've pouted now daddy's daddy's coming to tell you how it's going to be and so we're set up yeah. to hear these uh teachings from god these yeah. non-answers in a very very stern way <laughs> yes absolutely anyway okay applying well, the scripture yeah let's, let's, let's move on to apply some stuff so we know it's inspired by god you know i i really i really think I agree with what you said at the beginning of this, that this chapter here is this break to kind of take a deep breath, but also help us understand the wisdom that is to come. Um, and, and what Job has already processed through, I think the conversation back and forth between him and his friends, you know, maybe this is where he's at in his thinking process of, okay, well, maybe it's, maybe it's this. So uh, 
I think that um, however that ended up, whatever debate side you want to end up on, I agree that um, it is in there because it is supposed to be there um, because everything that God gives us is, is good. Yeah, I really so what like do you, What do you think about his uh, friends there? Well, so I like the way Dr. Estes puts it on the middle of that paragraph mm-hmm. when he talks about how frustrating the book of Job might be able to be. But then he says, yet when we are honest, we recognize these attitudes within ourselves and others within the covenant community. But when we find ourselves asking the most fundamental questions of human existence, what it all means and why we're here, the wisdom of the book of Job steps up. This is what I like. Not so much to provide easy answers, but to give credence to our questions. And and again, I think that's important because um, I was working on something earlier and we say ignorance is bliss and the book of Job says, no, it's not. No, It's just not. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is ignorance. And if we as Christians or spiritual people accept ignorance as, as a virtue, it's going to get worse. Yeah. And we might not get totally. the answers, but it's worth asking. Yes. I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's maybe something that we really need to understand from from taking the book of Job is is that it's okay to ask those really tough questions. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like the lamentations when we read through that. So many times we don't apply those to our our, our study or ourselves today because we think, well, we can't bring that before God, but we can. And God will give us wisdom when we bring those questions before him. So ask, you have not because you ask not. So ask, those are really important things. Yeah. He closes um, this. Go ahead. Yeah. I like Dr. Estes. Again, I think he did a fantastic job here. The last paragraph before the discussion question, wisdom cannot be reduced to a principle like reward or retribution as Job's friends or even Job himself may wish for. Um, as some, or as some have observed it, it's less an explanation and more participation, right? It's the beginning. It's beginning is not philosophical truth, but the fear of the Lord. That is one's path to understanding is walked with God. And I think that goes back to what we say. I'm glad Dr. Estes is an echo chamber for us. I mean, yeah. it's, Submit and obey. Yeah. Humility and obey. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's what it is, is just walking with him because the longer you walk with him, the more you understand. You're not going to understand everything. That's not going to happen. And that's kind of his discussion question of contrast, human and divine wisdom. And I think human wisdom is a very shallow understanding Divine just the acceptance is, is of material. Eternal. Yeah, I yeah. think it's human wisdom leads to the lady folly. I, yeah, yes. I have experienced some wisdom today, Reverend. Do tell. We do not need to record this at four o'clock <laughs> <laughs> because I'm as far over on the screen as I can be before I get swallowed up in light. <laughs> but it's you're being bathed in light. It, it, yeah. yeah yeah and that's wisdom it's a simple <laughs> okay well <laughs> we'll leave it at that we'll leave it i at think that. we can All leave right. it at that for today 
we can. Oh, dear friends, thank you for joining us for another amazing week of the encounter. And remember, again, hit the buttons below, like and subscribe, interact with us on this channel, uh, send us your questions if you have any. We would love to hear from you and share this with your friends. My <laughs> my friend who is bathed in light, would you like to give us your blessing? <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace and do well, my friends, this week. Represent God with, with grace on your lips, but power in your, in your sermons. We'll see you next week.